Thank you for downloading this episode of the Carbon Life Pods, conversations with the creative, successful, inspired outliers. Available on Fountain App, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor FM. A special mention to at Bitcoin Boomer, who will soon be making his second trip to the Ukraine-Poland border, delivering much-needed aid. Through the Carbon Life Pods, 63,000 sats have been donated. For more details on what Bruce is doing, then give him a follow on Twitter at Bitcoin Boomer, with links also in the show notes. To get involved with this show, download the Fountain app and listen to your favourite podcast through the platform, providing you, the listener, with an opportunity to engage directly with content creators and also be in with a chance to win sats and also other prizes. Stay tuned on all social media platforms for future competitions. If you can't wait to win some sats, then you can earn some by using the affiliate link coincorner.com forward slash social forward slash coach carbon. Create an account and receive £10 when you purchase £100 or more worth of Bitcoin. For any European listeners, you can use affiliate link bitcoinreserve.com forward slash ref forward slash coach carbon and receive 10 euros with your first qualifying Bitcoin purchase. For the truly global listeners, use fastbitcoins.com forward slash join forward slash coach carbon as Fast Bitcoins is available in the UK, Brazil, Australia and Canada to name just a few. Finally, if you haven't done so already, check out Oxbit on Twitter. We're working to create an environment for all to discuss and help educate on the core fundamentals of Bitcoin. Meeting one is scheduled for Monday the 21st of March 2022. Reach out for further details on how to get involved. By learning about and adopting Bitcoin, you will not only be peering your head into the rabbit hole of financial curiosity, you'll also be doing your part to fix the money and eventually fix the world. Until such time though, whether you're working, exercising or relaxing, please enjoy this conversation and allow it to spice up your life. So this conversation, um, although I know we're, we're short on time, if I give you a bit of a backstory, when I first met this person, I literally sat down to speak about the black print, the presentation I was doing to write in Malong, and it ended up speaking for about three hours. And I stated was phone on my phone, like, where are you? You, you were only popping out. Um, but that just goes, that's a testament that goes to show just how in-depth the conversation went and how, um, how interesting I think this guy is. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, mate. Hello guys, my name is Adrian. Um, yeah, my name is Adrian. Just living my life, bro. <laughs> so, so, so what is your life? Tell us a little bit, bit about your life, because obviously I know you from a few different aspects, most notably the intro and outro to the Carbon Life Pods. You um, yes. gifted me the, uh, the, 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 the track, which I'm very, very grateful for. And I'm told there's a new one in the pipeline. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So yes. Well, so that is pretty much me. So uh, my full-time life is uh, working as a manager in Soho Farmhouse um, that I'm enjoying, living a good life over there. And my side love is for music. I love producing music. I love the feel of music. Music just takes me into a different world, you know. So that is my side. And then on the side of that, I have now been... uh, Degreed and passed as a counselor, so now I'm also a counselor. Um, nice, with nice. counseling, is something that I've always wanted to do. As you said earlier on, we spoke around for three hours. I'm just somebody that is, you know, we, is, people find easy to talk to, you know. Yeah. And uh, for years, I've always had friends coming up to me, chatting to me, and telling me their stories and their life back home. And I was like, you know, what, I'll probably be great as a counselor. And um, Somebody told me uh, 
when I was in prison that um, I should um, be a counsellor. So okay. I, I, I was going to ask how you got into counselling, but you obviously you brought up that point there. I think you're happy to talk about it. Do you want to touch Definitely. upon that? Definitely, yes. Yeah. So uh, I had a, <laughs> I've had some interesting times in my life. Um, one of them was spending two and a half years in Woodhill. Um, I'll be honest, uh, you know, I was selling drugs. Um, you know, it was something that couldn't really help I suppose at the time no one was giving me opportunities um I was with my brother and uh so happens I got arrested um um to be fair when I went to to Woodhill prison um I believe it was very good for me and uh and I say that with strong belief that if I didn't go to prison I would either be killed or probably in a mad drug world that I really shouldn't be in. Um, and prison kind of reformed me in a good way because I knew when I was in prison that I didn't want to be here again. Yeah. You know, um, when I was sitting in my cell alone, they say that a man can go very crazy with his thoughts alone. Um, so with my thoughts, I was like, well, I'm not going to come here. Yeah. Uh, and I tried everything. I done anger management, cancelling relationships, therapy, um, all sorts of different courses while I was in there. And it structured me. So when I came out, I knew where I wanted to be. Yeah. So I'm I want to go back to this. I don't want to take away from, from the story. Very serious subject. But I remember sitting down with you and you gave me, you told me a story, you gave me a line and I start laughing. And I would like you to try what we feeding you the line, say what happened. So without going into too much detail, you said obviously you um, got arrested. The line that you gave when you were speaking to your brother before you got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my brother, um, I hope you know we're going to prison for this and we're going to go four years. Uh, so uh, I pretty much, pretty much just said to him like, you know, you're an idiot. We're not, we're not going to, we're going to basically go to prison and it's your fault and you fucked up. And uh, I can't remember exactly what I said in your words, but I, I definitely knew that when I it, it, at, it was pretty much that. You said, the way you delivered the line to me, you said, I looked for my brother and went, see you in four years, man. But it was yeah, that, yeah. the acceptance and the realisation of you knew what was going to happen. And I, I can't I, imagine I, being in, a, in that situation, but you, the way you'd said it, I can imagine you delivered that line. I, like. it, it was more than funny because... When I said that, I literally looked at him and I promise you this, the police sirens were behind, behind us and I saw the police van in front of us and I looked at my brother. I literally turned to him <laughs> and I said, yes, you're right. I said, I see you in four years. My brother was like, no, no, no. I was like, boom. And it was so funny because my brother got a four-year sentence as I got five-year sentence. <laughs> 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 and the reason for that was simply because I was holding the drugs. And that was the reason why I had a little bit more of a sentence. A bit, a bit, a bit of lightheartedness, you know, in an otherwise dire situation. But obviously yeah, that, that, that experience shaped you. You said, obviously, you went to prison. You knew you, wouldn't, you, you couldn't go mad in there, so you had to make yourself busy. Um, yeah, am I right in thinking you did other courses as well? Um, in, in prison, yeah. So I done, I did, I done like 
um, simple courses. So there was like uh, bricklaying and all of this kind of stuff in, in jail. Uh, done halfers, done one year and a half in jail, learning how to fix a bike. I've never used that. <laughs> my missus always says to me, oh, can you fix my bike? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I never do. Um, but it was a useful skill at the time to get out of myself. Um, for other courses, no, I done for counseling is the educational worker there. He was like speaking to me and I, you know, he asked about me and I spoke to him a bit about my life and he goes, Adrian, like, I don't see you in the kitchens. I don't see you as a manager. I don't see you in the music world, but I do see you as a counselor slash therapist. And because you've got such wild wide 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 scope of pretty much most of the madness that goes on in in people's lives if that is to do with gun crime i've been involved if that's to do with drugs been involved if that's to do with losing parents i've lost my father um is that to do with addiction i was addicted to cannabis for many many years um is that to you know a broken family yes you know i grew up in care blah, blah, blah. so i have a wild scope of understanding when somebody has that conversation with me where my experience as a cancer as a young a young person was this guy has no clue about what i'm going through yeah you know yeah. like and that kind of triggered me you know where i didn't really go to counseling much you know um not that like is any difference but i suppose if you speak to somebody you feel like oh actually this guy knows what he's going through knows that knows that pain knows that feeling not that i can support you in a way of um, giving you good feedback and questioning you however i can make you get into that that kind of answers yourself mentally yeah. you're gonna have the rapport with that person obviously you had that similar experience shared experience but also to look at you have to have a counselor like you they can look across the table or whatever and think actually that person's come through it i can too there's being representative as well of of, of a positive having a positive out of that situation but as, rather than as you said dealing with people that haven't been through what you what you've been through yes a sim, simple what's the word sympathetic but not empathetic so you know, I, I like that aspect to it definitely definitely and i think that that's the truth and the roof of a battle um i have time for everyone you know what i mean like i don't i don't judge you know we all go through things you know what i mean we all do madness in our life at some time and I believe that everybody needs some sort of counselling or even just somebody that they need, just need to chat to yeah uh, and that's me like kind of weird story in the sense of the transition to all of these things um but I enjoy what I do I enjoy counselling I enjoy music I enjoy my crazy life in Soho farmhouse <laughs> Well, it's a funny, funny, funny thing because uh, when I came out of jail, I started Leon Restaurants um, 2015 when I went to Leon. I started in Leon as a little kitchen boy cooking up some Moroccan meatballs and chopping up chicken. Um, you know, and I, I owe a lot of my growth to Leon, to be honest. Um, as I said, I started as a kitchen boy and left as a general manager. Um, and I done got into management within three years of being in the company. So, you know, it shows that, yeah, okay, you know, I did come out of prison and it was 
quite an interesting transition from jail. And literally, I think one month of being out of jail, I was ready in the job. You know, with 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 the aspect of I wasn't going to get a job because I got turned down a lot. You know, I applied for so many jobs. But I promised myself when I came out that I'm going to get a job, going to move out my mum's house. And that was the hustle. Um, so, you know, a month came down. I had a friend phoning me. was like, oh, bro, if you come to such, such place, you know, man, pay you, blah, 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 blah. Like, so he wanted man to go back in the hustle, you know what I mean? And um, for a moment, I was debating it because I was getting so declined from work. You know, like everybody was, because obviously the criminal record. So everybody was like, no, 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 no. And then I bought the tickets to go to Birmingham to see my friend. And then the same day, I got a phone call from Leon um, saying that, boom, they would like to interview me at first. I was like, all right, all right, God's good, God's good. The, you know, divine so, intervention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I uh, went to the interview, you know, like a little thug. <laughs> I said, yo, what by that? And I went to the interview and I had a laugh, man. I had a really good laugh. It was a group interview. You know, it was like six, seven of us. Um, and we just had a laugh, you know what I mean? I cracked up, sent some jokes and whatever, met the manager, had a laugh with her, and then left. And then I was like, okay, do you think I'm going to get a job? I was debating, I was debating. My boy was phoning me. He was like, um, are you coming? Are you coming? I was like, give me a minute, bro, give me a minute. And then uh, they phoned me the next day and it was like, okay, Adrian, I got you the job, you know what I mean? And I was like, boom, you know? So I phoned my boy and I was like, look, my man, I've been offered the job. He was cool, man. He was so happy. Like, he, you know, he was grateful, you know? Like, he was like, I'm going to give you some money, bro. Get some nice clothes, get some trainers. You know what I'm saying? If you need all of that. And I was like, man, I'm cool. So, yeah, even though he was in that world, he was very grateful and happy yeah. that I had a job. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that I was offered nice clothes and that too, you yeah. know, to go to work with. That's what I was going to ask you. So I remember you telling me that story, actually. So your friend offered you a job because he was yeah. looking out for you obviously it would benefit him but he didn't want to see you destitute obviously yeah, opportunity yeah. around that you got a job with leon and then he supported you in that a question for you obviously it's a very very weird question but do you think you needed to go to prison obviously the lifestyle you were in before intrinsically you would have known that it wasn't right but obviously you saw it as a, as a means to an end a way out without going to prison obviously do you think you would have carried on doing what you're doing or do you think you would have pulled yourself away oh my goodness mate pause right there apologies real life i've just had a delivery <laughs> Wait, one second <laughs> sorry bro there's no one else in the house <laughs> that's fine man it's fine yeah go on so you have yeah do you think you needed needed the, to go to prison, or did you think do you think you would have been able to claw yourself out of that situation? To be honest, it's a hard question, and I and I say it's hard because you know I was in that world for quite a long time, and um, you know the money is good, the lifestyle is great, you know, and you, if you think about it in that sense everything kind of lovely you know what I mean and you don't think well you do think it's always in the back of your head oh you're gonna 
someone's going to rob you, you might get hurt, you might go to prison. But I think there would have been a point that I would have been like, all right, I need to stop this. I need to to progress. But I think when you're in something so deep, you don't really listen to your conscious as much. Um, because I was in it for what, 10 years? You know what I mean? So in and out with like, I did used to have uh, like little jobs as well. I did work, I'd, sorry. I did work in, in, in Hilton, for example. I worked in a couple of other restaurants. So it's not like I've never worked. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like working, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically, you know, getting somebody else rich, and I'm on flipping seven pound fifteen hour. You know what I mean? So it, it was a, a funny transition uh, from jail to work, and I. But it goes back to that thing of it's not it's not you don't like working; it's you need to be passionate about the work you're doing. Yes, exactly. Um, I think, I think Joe, to answer your question, I think Joe would have still done very good for me. And I think that I probably needed prison. If, you, if, if, if I'm going to be 100 honest with myself, I think prison is what restructured me as a man today. Because prior to prison, as you know, you never knew me. So prior to prison, I was holding a lot of anger, a lot of hate I suppose especially towards my mother through um, the situations that happened um, so I hold it so much grudge and anger and emotion and and the only way you can kind of get that out is to be a street kid I suppose you know like you know any problems okay I'm going into a fight if my friends have got beef I'm jumping in let's get involved you know it's the only way I could set out my aggression um, a lot of people said uh, I should have took on boxing a bit more and, and gone in that way but I think you know that was what happened and when I went prison and I done anger management and um, relationship counseling and all of these things and one thing in jail is you learn to be patient mm. you know what I mean you, you mm. can't shit without <laughs> having patience you know what I mean you can't get a flipping pen or paper without patience you have to wait to come out of yourself or food and blah 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 so if you're structured like that for two and a half years, so you can imagine that that routine inbreds in you, you know what I mean? So now I'm very rarely getting angry. You know what I mean? Like very rarely, um, very rarely do anything kind of crooked. Well, any, nothing really, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of like angel, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't really do anything mad. You know what I mean? Like uh, was kind of funny and a lot of my friends, they say they don't recognize me, you know, like, you know, they, they knew to me, like, like on this hyperactive, what's the motion, you know what I mean? But, um, but it's funny because yeah. I, I know you as Adrian now, so you saying about obviously the anger side, I, I can't see it because I just see he's the bubbly guy, always smiling, always talking, always making people laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where I always had that sense of humor in me, don't like, I always had that, like, I love everybody, loved me. But, but I had a very dark side and um, I'll be honest with you, I had, it was very bad, you know, um, it was one of those moments where, you know, if people were looking at me wrong, I'm kind of like, what's your problem, where you at, what's good, let's do this, you know what I mean, like, it was that stupid, you know what I mean, um, 
To be I fair, I have, I have seen that side of you on the punch bag when you do your little videos in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's the only that's the only moment now where I can just let off the steam, you know, just smash out the bag, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I'm so passive and calm now that a lot of people think, right, this sweet little boy, like he could he could have been this anger madman and that. <laughs> but yeah, um. That's me, bro. Like, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely recommend anyone who's got um, bad problems, go chill. <laughs> I can't even send that. I'm with a straight face. <laughs> I'll wait. Are you being serious? No, no, no. Um, yeah, bro. That is me. Anything here? Yeah, so you, the counselling then, so you did that in prison. You came out, we spoke a couple of months ago, and obviously I was doing my coaching stuff, you doing your counselling. What was the process of that? As in, it's not, I know it's not just looking at a um, computer screen and filling out forms. You actually have to do work. What, what was the process from applying and then qualifying? Yeah, so um, I had to do, so thankfully I'd done in jail, I did do a level one and level two counselling course, what was pretty much um, on computer and then a, uh, a tutor or teacher should I say would come um mark the word and whatever not um so that's kind of that but that was basic 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 counseling and then due to covid there was uh indeed was doing loads of like um counseling well not just counseling courses loads of courses for like very cheap prices uh and I was like okay you know I can do this. So I had the level one, had the level two, and I was like, all right, let me push out for the diploma. So the diploma was the level five diploma that I had to, because obviously COVID wasn't school-based, but I had um, Zoom calls or whatever with the tutor and blah, blah, blah. Um, and basically you just, you know, do the exam, send it off, mark it off, give me a good review or give me a bad review. And I've done, uh, I think, 24 modules. Uh, what was quite crazy as well, because I've never been in school. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, i never really done school, never really done, you know, I, I had drifts and drabs of school, should I say, um, and drifts and drabs of college, but I was never, I never done like a whole year in school, never done a whole year, it was all, except for when I was a baby and went primary school and all of that. But from, from secondary school, I never really went. Um, so it's kind of funny to when I'm like I've done my my essays, my exams and and whatever, and I sent it off, and I was getting like really great feedback from my tutor, and I was like, wow, like that's mad, you know what I mean? And I'm dyslexic as well, so it's kind of it's kind of mad. So like I like I said, I had twenty something modules, and only one was on uh, good, yeah, it was a good pass, and the rest was excellent grade, okay. and uh, you know and you know, it makes my heart beat and thinking, wow, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not dumb. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, and I passed this degree and then, um, so it's, uh, it is known, um, it's a, it's a good degree. And then from there, I went on to a website called APHHC. Well, basically is accredited website that checks your certificate and checks your course and basically mm -hmm. says, are you a real counselor or not? And um, so I've done that. Uh, you do pay for that, um, but it 
basically puts a stamp on me. So now my name is Adrian Pompey, M-A-C-C-H-P. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But so, uh, so, you know, it's nice to be like, I can have a name under my name, you know what I mean? So it means that I've, I've gone into something, you know? So I am now pushing um, for um, cognitive, cognitive behavior disorder. Uh, I'm going to do a course on that and then I'm going to do a bit of course on drugs and alcohol misuse yeah. just kind of um, holding horizons I suppose um, I really quite know a lot about it the counselling does kind of patch up with all of that that's definitely the diploma level five but yeah. um, I just want a bit more you know in my books I suppose so we'll be starting to focus on those studies um, this year so, so what, what are you looking to be doing? Be an independent counsellor or work for an organisation or do it alongside your work at Soho? So my at the moment, I'm doing it as an independent um, because no one would take me on as I don't have the experience. Um, you know, I can say, oh, I've spoke to all my friends all my life. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> but they wouldn't give me the, the thing for that. So right now i'm doing it partially uh, partly by myself i'm having a meeting with sophie who is our um people's a and r in soho farmhouse um because i am a mental health first aider at soho house okay so it's quite another quite cool thing so it's just a couple of day course and you pretty much learn a lot about mental disorders basically um, did, you, did you put yourself forward for that yeah i did yeah um again it's something else that's good for my arsenal you know what i mean um um so basically i am that that is what i am so if anyone has problems they can phone and we can chat and blah 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 um but i'm having a chat with her um to say like look i'm a counselor i've got my certificate um I want to do counselling for people here if they want it for free, mm. just to, you know, boost the experience, I suppose, mm. and um, just get my training in, you know what I mean? Like, because having a conversation with you as such is not, I say, official counselling, you know, um, combo, you know what I mean? So I need to do that, like, you know, that proper You do, you do help, mate, you do help. Uh, yeah yeah definitely I'll, definitely I'll, I'll sign a bit of paper adrian yeah, yeah. I, wear, I wear a sticker as well yeah yeah, yeah. I was adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's the plan um i also met a really lovely guy in soho house would not mention names um but a very lovely guy who has a great friend who works for solace minds um, well, actually, doesn't work for Solace Minds, owns Solace Minds. Solace Minds is a platform that is working for Pinewood Studios in London. And it's basically, you can phone me, doesn't matter who it is, it's anybody from the guy who runs teas all the way to the actors and actresses. Um, and they can just basically give me a call. Uh, and we're on the FaceTime with them, we'll have a chat with them, and then that's it. Get phone line dead, get paid. Um, so that's quite a cool, cool thing. Um, I he sent me a message the other day, he was like, I haven't forgotten you, 
I just need to catch up with such and such person and we'll push you forward. Um, so that's in the pipeline. I'm just going to briefly pause there because, again, this a regular theme that comes up in these conversations I have. So you, you got a job at Soho. You met someone there who knows someone who's got your potential job in the industry that you're working in. So the yeah. network, the network is working. So yeah, you didn't yeah, go to Soho House and think, I'm going to meet that person, but you no, know that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, with Solace Minds is, I can, what's cool about that is if I, if I get the job, is um, basically on my own time. So I turn on the app, they send me an app, you turn it on whenever you want to turn it on and you recognize your hours in there and then you get paid like that. So I can do that alongside Soho House until I feel like actually this can break in the money and I can do well with this. And uh, let me just stay on, on, on Solace Minds and I'll leave Soho House. Or if I'm doing Soho House and they say to me, oh, actually Adrian, we do need a full-time counselor here as a support worker, then whatever, then I, you know, that could be a job. They're always getting brand new jobs random jobs you know so we have the tree leaf blower we have to <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, anyone who's gone to soho house knows that uh, it's quite an interesting place there yeah yeah i promise you i'm gonna get you in bro i'm gonna get you in um actually we can do that we can set that up we can definitely do that um i would love you to come in and see soho house is it to be honest it's a very beautiful place very cool, just landscaping. Yeah. But ask your friends, they will tell you the chairs are low, the waiting is long, yeah. the drinks are. <laughs> I, went, I went to uh, the one in um, Amsterdam with my cousin. Yeah. It, yeah. Again, amazing building, amazing um, facilities. But obviously, the difference that everyone says about the city ones and Oxford one is the, the beautiful views and the, yeah, the landscapes you can look at. It's just, yeah, it takes you, it takes you out of the city. And you don't know that you're in the in the close to option. Definitely, a, a world away. It is, and a lot of our travellers, a lot of them come from London anyway, to be honest. And um, a lot of them say that that is the main reason Soho Farmhouse does its thing. You know what I mean? Mm. I think Soho Farmhouse is like a different, slight addition to Soho House. Uh, obviously, it's the same aspect in every house, but. You know, we've got horse riding there. We've got clay pigeon shooting there. We've got pigs there, chickens there. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, goats oh, there. We've got cinema. We've got I had to laugh. When you, um, when you were sorry, you were ill recently and you, you were still working and you were in the, um, the buggies. Yeah, yes, yes. That was fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And um, um, the, the farm is, is bigger than you expected. And to be honest, I only found out how big it was when I came back from recovery of COVID. And then um, uh, I was working in room service um, to kind of, so I had COVID, was kind of bad, was in hospital, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I went back to work in Mainbound for one day and my managers came up to me and was like, yo, yo, yo you're super pale, you're super pale. You, you can't be here, you, you look sick, bro. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, you need to be out back, you can't be front facing. <laughs> no, 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 you need to be in the bins. <laughs> so flipping. I was like, okay, okay. So they was like, look, go home, you know, and just, you know, recover. So I get home, boom, one of my managers phones me. So Adrian, do you want to work? And the thing is, like, I like working. 
I do like working. I'm not a stay at home guy, you know. I, I do like working. So I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. What you got in mind? There was like room service. I was like, all right, chilling, answering phones, whatever, simple thing. So I done a week and a half, nearly two weeks of room service. And then, <laughs> um, so I went there and there was the second day, um, it was Monday. Um, and it was just mad busy. And, and we had a manager and we had no cars. We had one buggy, one BMW, and only one driver who's officially allowed to drive on the farm because you need to have a farm license to drive any of these vehicles. And everything was just going all over the place. It was mad, yeah. Um, one guy, like one of our managers, who really um, maybe doesn't know too much. And he was like, anyway, everything just kind of pretty much got messed up. Christina, uh, who's the room service manager, grabs me, take the BMW, drive the food around, yeah. Now, I don't know where the cabins are. I don't know where the piglets are. I've got this flipping map on my paper like olden days. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, and I was finding my way around. But thankfully, in the farmhouse, we've got pillars and wooden pillars that actually tell you where everything is so you don't actually need the map. And then, boom, I started just driving this BMW, I3, feeling like, oh, okay, it's quite nice. Actually, good life, yeah? <laughs> Dropping off food to cabins, having a laugh with the guests and whatever not, getting nice tips. And I was just like, okay, this is a good life. And then when it got super quiet, I just jumped in a BMW and started driving around. <laughs> you better not say too much, mate. Your boss might be listening. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And to be honest, I, I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, of just cruising around the farm and actually getting to know how big it is because it's actually quite big, man. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah, I did a, an event there. What's it called? Rough Runner. I've done it a couple of times. But on the uh, is it Great Chew, I think it's next door. Oh, the Great Chew, yeah, yeah. yeah next door. So, yeah, that, that site is a massive site when you run around that. So I can only imagine how, how big the farmhouse is. So you speak, so we speak about driving. I was going to ask about bikes, but now I'm reminded of a story. So I want people to understand, obviously, your work ethic. When you were working, when you first started for Leon, your journey for to work, how how were you getting to work? And the, the, the uh, in the beginning day, yeah, because I, you know, if we're talking about Leon from London um, days, I would I used to ride bicycle, and then uh, but that's in London, so it's kind of feasible to ride a bicycle. And then when I, <laughs> well, I went to resign actually, Leon when I was in London, I went to resign. I was moving over to Aylesbury. Um, I have a friend in Aylesbury, I was he moved to Aylesbury. And, um, and my friend had a little job offer and whatever opportunity. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, this was a real job offer, just to say that. In a German one. Yeah, it was a German, yeah. <laughs> just letting you all know. Um, so, <laughs> um, our uh, Charlotte, who was our HR um, head of HR in Leon at the time, she loved me so much. She was like, "Please, Adrian, don't go, don't go. Like, we really like you." But but but, how about um, Milton Keynes? We're gonna open a restaurant there. And uh, I was like, "Let me think about it." You know what I mean? I was living in Ellsbury at the time. You know, it would take maybe half an hour, 40 minutes to get to Milton Keynes. So I was debating about it. And then she goes to me, look, Milton Keynes is not going to open for a few months. 
can you help Oxford? <laughs> so I was like, look, I just resigned. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what your situation is. She was like, please, I promise you, if you go to Oxford, we make sure you're assistant manager, blah, 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 boom, like this. I said, all right, fine. At least then I know it's a guaranteed job, yeah? Not thinking about anything else. <laughs> but yeah, okay, man, go Oxford. So, moved to Ellsbury, boom. <laughs> uh, had to do an Oxford job, 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm on a 125 Typhoon scooter. Good old days. Fast, fast little baby. Um, but probably not great in the winter. Um, so I was driving, riding through, riding through. It takes 45 minutes, man. And, um, you know, get to work, freezing my ass off, you know, rebuilding my warmth and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then in the winter days, it was like full on snowing. And I was still riding <laughs> the scooter to work. Um, it was kind of mad. Um, now I think about it, it's mad. But um, I suppose at that time, I didn't have a car. You know, I didn't have a license. I suppose in London also was wasn't feasible to have a car. You know what I mean? There was no need for it. Um, it's expensive in London for going to one part to one point. It's going to cost you £12.50. So it's like there was no need for it. But anyway, this journey. So now I'm doing this journey. I, I had no time to do driving because Oxford was in such a mess. <laughs> um, I will tell you the passion that I had for Leon and a lot of people would probably say I was stupid, is that I was living in Ellsbury. I was traveling to Oxford. I was doing, man, maybe 15, 16 hour shifts um, because we was in, it was hard. We had no managers. Everybody was from London coming to help us. It was just, you know, Oxford was in a very struggle. My missus, um, who wasn't my missus at the time, uh, she was saying like how mad it was and, you know, she she was in university as well, and she was like crafting so hard, and you know, doing days that she shouldn't be, she should have been studying. But you know that that's her heart, and you know she cares about people and whatever. Um, but man, it was mess. It was a mess. It was a mess, and it got to a point where I was doing six a.m. shifts and finishing at eleven o'clock at night, but they want me back at six a.m. in the morning. And I was like, these people are taking that. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I was still doing it. And then I got a job offer in Ellsbury with a house. <laughs> Better pay. And dumb me was like, nah, nah, stay in <laughs> 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 You know, and I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I think that what, is it, what is it that kept you, mate? What is it that kept you in Oxford? I don't, I, to be honest here, yeah, I, I think that God had other vision, I suppose. Let's yeah. put it that way. You know, I'm not wholly spiritual, but I believe in, you know, something. And I do believe that things happen for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm. And one thing about me and my character is I've come to Oxford to help them out. And because um, the plan was, to be in Oxford to help them out. And as soon as Mill Keynes opens, I was going to go to Mill Keynes. Um, Milton Keynes was offered to me in 2018. It's only just open. 
So, <laughs> so yeah, you, you've learned patience, haven't you? You learned patience. Yeah. No, no time preference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they told me, you know, me was like Milton Keynes was meant to open three months when I came into Oxford in 2018. Um, what was so funny, but so the thing was for me was I didn't want to leave Oxford in the shit again and take this job. Basically, it was the situation. Anyway, it got really bad, you know, that I couldn't go home and I basically was sleeping in the shop. And, uh, you know, certain things happened with uh, ex-girlfriend at the time and then uh, kind of pretty much kicked me out of the house. And then I, I lived in the shop for three months. <laughs> so imagine I was like fully living in the shop, working in the shop. You know, it was, it was, it was fuck me, it was, it was a, a, quite a mad path, I'd, I'd be honest. That that path was hard, man. I was in the office taking naps, mate, because I was just, like, so tired, so knackered. I was like, guys, like, you got this, and I'll be sleeping in the office, man. <laughs> when uh, I, I listen to the story again, again, you told me before, it's just, like, the mental resilience. The, the, the yeah. travelling, the long hours, the having to stay over, and then, obviously... Then not, not having anywhere to live, but continuing to work. Where it was mad. I don't I, I don't know if you, but for some people it may have been so easy just to go back to your old way of life. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. These are the kind of things that trigger people to go back to that world. I suppose you know. I was like, thankfully, when I came to Oxford, I was ready. You know, from two thousand fifteen uh, to two thousand eighteen. Yeah, around about to beginning of 2018, I was ready structured in Leon. Um, so when I did come into Oxford, I was ready mentally built for madness, you know, because fast any fast food doesn't matter what it is, it's hard work, you know what I mean? Um, but the traveling was a headache, I'm not gonna lie, that was a headache. But then living there was uh it was good because I didn't need to travel. But it was bad because I'm literally waking up and going yeah. back down. To you work. need that rest, you know I mean? don't you? The, the separation yeah. from from work and and home. <laughs> it was mad, you were literally yeah. working from home, mate. You were working yeah, from home before it was literally, cool. <laughs> literally, I had staff coming in and just seeing man on the floor sleeping on some fucking um, uh, what was it uh, aprons and shit. I made my own bed and that was a bit. It was a bit. It was a hard time, you know. I felt like a homeless man just chilling in the shop. <laughs> well, what also uh, is mad at this point because at this point I was a, a, call it a nomadic site manager. I had lots of jobs in Oxford where I would just have my laptop in a bag and walk between. And I used to use yeah, Leon yeah. as my little base. Yeah. Plug in my, plug in my um, laptop, get something to eat, get some breakfast, get my little Wi-Fi dongle. But obviously yeah, yeah. We, we may have crossed paths, but we don't recall crossing paths. But I'm guessing yeah. we would have done at some point. 100% definitely if if you was a regular you would have definitely definitely seen me at some point um but like I said um I think at that time I saw worn out that I probably wasn't recognizing anyone anyway you know what I mean I was I was just trying to keep the shop up you know what I mean yeah. and then um man fuck me was was a mad moment and then um, Rosie, um, my partner, she came in one day and she was like, gave me £900. <laughs> and she was like, because I found a place and you needed £900 up front. And she was like, and this time Rosie wasn't my partner. She was literally just 
you know, a friend who had a great heart, you know, and she gave me 900 pounds. I was like, can you put that down as a deposit? Um, you know, and it just shows, you know, how things happen. You know, if I was an arsehole, because the problem was... Yeah. You would have got that money. <laughs> I, I was still spending money for rent for the house that I weren't living in because I was contracted to. Yeah. So I had all my money was still going to this flipping rent in Ellsbury. So it didn't give me room to save up to put into my own place. So when Rosie done that, uh, you know, obviously lifted my spirits because Rosie, she was looking out for me anyway. I was going up to her um, her place, having showers, et cetera, et cetera. I had a couple of friends at work who was like, yeah, come to the house, stay a couple of nights here, boom, 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 boom you know what I mean? Uh, and just pretty much have my showers and whatever not. Um, Again, as you say, if you were, if you were an arsehole, none of that would have happened. Never, never, no one, you know. Actually, it was so funny because my friend, Cristiano, who is my, I would say, a very brother. I would say a brother. When he first brought me to his house to stay, he hid his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I found quite funny, you know, I did find very funny. Um... So I was like, you know, now he's looking at me like a homeless guy. Is that? And I don't know, but um, it was quite funny. Um, uh, um, so he didn't tell me that story until like, you know, a good year later. Yeah. Um, until he knew you were safe. Yeah, I remember he put me on a, um, on a, on a blow-up bed. And he's got a video of me, and I wish I had it now because I will show you. Um Man, I was snoring, bro. I was, <laughs> I was snoring so loud, bro. The whole house was shaking. No, no, but I was, I was snoring so loud, bro. Uh, <laughs> because I was in deep slated sleep. So because obviously I was exhausted, bro. I'm doing back-to-back -back 12, 15, 16-hour shifts, man. I, I was getting very minimal sleep because we all close our doors at Leon, 11 o'clock. Time clean up and blah, 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 blah. Uh, 12, 1, you know what I mean? Half one. Then I go upstairs to get to sleep. Then the delivery driver will come. So around about four. And this idiot will turn on the lights, the music. <laughs> and then I'm up, bro. And then from there, I can't go back to sleep because then it's six o'clock, the shop opens. So everybody's coming in again. So it's like, man, three hours sleep, bro. So when I went to his house and slept, I, I, man, I was, I was gone. And it was the same when I went to, to Rosie's um, when she offered me to stay there. I was snoring there loud. She's trying to do her, her exams and whatever. <laughs> um, but um, going back to side note, when Rosie gave me that money, you know, um, I was super blessed, you know, and um, went to the, because it was my friend Cristiano who lived downstairs to the people who has this whole house basically and had a room spare. And then boom, went upstairs and I had my, you know, I had my friend Cristiano who I was roted, I roted myself purposely for his shifts because he had a car. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I could drive and not have to buy. Um, mad, 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 mad times. I still owe Rosie 900 pounds. Um, it's on the fridge. Is it on the little poster on the fridge? Uh, uh, she reminds me every now and again, you know. It's so funny. But um, no, no. But it shows because of my, my personality, you know, these things happen. And remember, I told you, 
I got offered a job in Ellsbury with a house. You know what I mean? Um, but this is prior to my ex-girlfriend and me breaking up. Um, maybe if I got offered that job when I broke up, I probably would have took it. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, it's a roof over my head plus a job. Um, but yeah, and 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 Leon was kind of that's how Leon started, and I structured my work, and then finally we got the management team, and everything was getting built up, and you know it was really good. Um, and I enjoyed it. I like I started to enjoy it, you know. And then when Soho Farmhouse, I got a message from Indy, and um, basically saying like, um, "Good job, bro." And to be honest, I, I wasn't. It wasn't like I was caring about this job. To be honest, um, Rosie was like again pushing me. She was like, "No, go for the job. Go for the job. Uh, you'll like it. It's a people's thing. You know, it's different to Leon." Bah, 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 bah. And I've never heard of Soho House. Never. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. The thing is, it's not in my category. It's not around my people. It's not like that man don't go Soho House. You know. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we. I want part of that. Yeah, it wasn't even, man, nothing. Same as Leon, bro. There were apparently a lot of Leons I didn't even know. You know what I mean, yeah? At the time when I started, yeah? But again, I didn't didn't know it. Um, So I had no clue about Soho House. Um, So she was like, no, it's a members club from celebrities, blah, 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 boom, you know? And I was still still debating about it. And then, so I applied. I did apply. I applied. And then no answer for two weeks, bro. No answer. And I was I was in Sainsbury's, man. Me and you were chatting. You know about this story, yeah? yeah. So, um, you know, I applied and um, there was no flipping answer, whatever not. And then, um, you know, I, I think I asked you, I was like, ah, do I, should I go for this job? Oh, boom, you know, I, you know, and I asked a few people in there, oh, should I go for this job? Should I go for it? And everyone was like, well, you know, you should go for it if you feel to go for it. So then, again, like I told you, no answer for two weeks. So I reapplied with a sick cover letter. And in this cover letter, I basically told them, look, I know my uh, CV shows that I haven't been in this kind of um, workplace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, high class as such. Um, but I'm willing to work. I'm a grafter. You know, sold my soul kind of thing. Um, and then, man, I sent that off. And I think a day later, I got a phone call from a lady named Sophie. And um, she was like, hey, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then um, she was like, okay, look, cause I was at work in Leon at the time and I was like, look, I'm quite busy. She was like, all right, cool. She'll phone me back tomorrow. So anyway, tomorrow comes, she hasn't phoned me. So I was like, you know what, let me phone her. So I phoned her and she didn't know who I was for a minute. She was like, lost here. Yeah. I was like, it's Adrian, you called me yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. I don't know what happened. And then she was like, yes, you're the one who worked in Leon. She goes, I worked in Leon once in London as a grocer. <laughs> and she goes, it's the hardest fucking job she's ever done is to work in Leon as a grocer. Um, she, and she literally said that. She literally swore. Um, so she was like, please, can you come for an interview today? <laughs> and I was like, God, man, like I've just, I done the mad Leon and then I done that mad early Sainsbury shift. And then my friend that I met in um, Phil from Sainsbury's was like, oh, I, I booked the appointment to meet him at the gym. 
uh, David Lloyd's. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then they wanted me there at four o'clock. And then I was like, okay, fine, 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 cool. I'll be there. Man, I still went with Theo to the gym, still done my thing. I am... That's the day I got that 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 uh, pill from you. Yeah. Oh, the lift the lift off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I yeah, just, just to clarify what that was, mate. It was, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a sports drink <laughs> in the form of a towel. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. It was definitely a carbon, a carbon product. <laughs> Herbal life. That's um, so I popped that. And then um, I was like, all right, cool. Got on my motorbike. Again, I don't know where this place is now. So obviously listening to everything on my motorbike. It was a good day though. It was a nice weather because it was summer. So it was all cool. Got to work. Uh, or should I say, got to Soho House at the time. Get vented with these big flipping gates. And some person comes to the gate. Hey, da, da, da. and I'm like, I'm Adrian, got an interview, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, oh. Everything sounds gates open like paradise. You go through, <laughs> you'll see it. Uh, <laughs> so I drive down this, this lane, and I was like, okay, fine. And then I met this guy named Tom. Um, Tom, uh, I think he looked at me probably at first moment and probably thought, fucking hell, what is he doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so <laughs> we sat down, we had a quick sit down, um, had a coffee with him. He just asked me a lot about me and whatever, not you know, started trending, but we started laughing. You know, my, my character came through and I, I didn't feel unconscious. Uh, unconscious? <laughs> I, I did, you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, okay, because at first I was very nervous, you know what I mean? But then all of that left. And I just started laughing with him. I started just breaking jokes. It was the, the funniest interview I ever had. Then he got me up. I was like, all right, let's walk around. So we walked around, took me to the cinema, took me to the gym, you know, took me to all Penyon, um, took me around the restaurants, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then um, it just started chatting and he goes, all right, cool. All right, sit down. Uh, I think we had our chat for like half an hour. I was like, all right, sit down and uh, have a cocktail on me. I was like, all right, cool. So um, he goes, I, I suggest you to try the picante. So like, all right, cool. So all the picante, picante cab, a little chili on top of it and whatever. Not. So what the fuck this? <laughs> <laughs> drag this, drag this drink. And I was thinking, okay, it's game over now. You know, like, you know, I'm drinking a drink. The guy's going to come and we're going to basically just finish it off. He goes, okay, Adrian, um, I want you to see the operational manager now. <laughs> now, I told you, I've been up. I've been up. I'm awake. Long you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the herbal life is running through my blood. So what, you, so what you're saying is, in no small part, is down, down to me supplying you with the product. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And then, and then I had this cocktail, bro. <laughs> a lethal, a lethal combination. <laughs> Very lethal, mate. Tequila and everything. So I drank, I, you know, zipping it off, whatever, whatever. And I go upstairs, and here's Daniel. Uh, <laughs> Daniel was like, "Talk to me." <laughs> that was his question, and I was like laughing, bro. I was just like red and laughing. I was thinking picante. I don't know what was happening yet. Anyway, I just started chatting shit. <laughs> But good shit. It was all about yeah. like work and I was telling about figures and I was like dropping all these bars to him, yeah. And then um he, like obviously they smashed it. So he goes, everything's fine, boom. And then um um we finished that. Tom Bentley comes back to me and goes, All right, I want to make you an offer. 
And me being me, I was like, look, let me go home and I'll let you do. Obviously, I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see the journey. Because we'll one is like good pay, and I'm going to be in this place where celebrities apparently are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and now I've looked at the place and seen how big and the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I phoned him. I, I was like, such buying my time. So I phoned him. I was like, all right, cool. And uh, I told him, this is the salary I want, though. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, all right, keeps me on three-month probation with the figure they gave me. And then after that, I'll turn into the figure that I asked for. Um, and the worst is history, bro. I've now been there nearly a, um, coming up to, whew, I think, eight months. That's crazy. That's flown by. Yeah, it has, man. It's gone super and, quick. And you, still invite, you still haven't invited me up? That's terrible. That is very terrible. <laughs> but if, if you want, you know, to to make sure I, I just I just I know I know you're you're, you're busy and obviously it's your workplace. But um, well, yeah, to think to think eight months ago, like we were having this conversation and you were saying about your, your, your journey over there. Do you want to tell a quick story about the training as well? When you went to go somewhere training. for training, when you went to go somewhere for training, on you, oh. you, were, you were planning to go on your bus. <laughs> so yes, yes. So they. <laughs> They said to me that um, I have a training place. Oh man, in um, God, man, what did she say? Oh man, it was a place. I can't remember what was it. Was it, it Bristol? Was it Bristol? No, it was further than Bristol. It was near Bristol, but it was further. Um, so she said to meet me in Bar Barwell. Barwell, that's it. Yeah, and. Uh, Obviously, at this time, I'm like, what the hell is Barwell? You know what I mean? Yeah? I remember you Googled it, didn't you? You Googled it. I Googled it, and it was somewhere like Lisa. It was far, yeah? It was like nearly two and a half hour journey. So I read this person, and I thankfully I read this person, and I was like, are you going to pay me to travel? And she was like, well, we don't usually pay for travel to come into work. Well, I said, well, this is not work. This is in Barwell, yeah? It's like two and a half hour journey. <laughs> I said the train tickets is about eighty five pounds. <laughs> she goes, "What?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, you said to meet you in Barwell, yeah, and that's somewhere in Leicester." Yeah. She starts cracking up on the phone. Yeah. She goes, "No, no, 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 don't go." <laughs> She goes, meet me in Soho Farmhouse in a place called Barwell. And I was laughing my ass off. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm so grateful that I asked you to pay because I was just going to fly off to this place called Barwell. Imagine you getting their phone and saying, where are you? Yeah, bro. And the thing is, it was like <laughs> some random place in Barwell. And I would have just gone like, but what's the full address? You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> It was so funny, bro. It was the most funniest thing ever. And the woman cracked up and she kept that in her books. Um, but yeah, thankfully, I didn't do that. And I was only in Barwell, what is a side barn where we usually do all of our, what we call um, entertainment as such. Yeah. Um, what a funny story. That was a very funny story. But more of the story, always always ask the question to get specifics and details. I definitely, 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 because if I'd done that journey, 
And I imagine, was the no, imagine you did the journey and you know what? F this man. I'm not doing this. This is long. I'm quitting. And she'd be like, Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would have like end up in this wrong place. People are waiting for me in Barwell. <laughs> I am I'm all all the way up in Leeds or Leicester, wherever it was. Um but no, I went to Barwell, had a good training, you know, it was really cool actually. They do really good training there. Um, so you do like one week in the kitchen, uh, one week in a bar, one week in reception, and then four weeks as a waiter. Um, quite intense training, but very enjoyable. That's it, bro. <laughs> you say that's it. There's so much more. I'm looking at the, your photo board behind you. And I remember, obviously, when I come to meet you, I was looking at different photos and we were talking about them. Um, I'm unconscious of time, so we can keep talking. What do you want to know? Well, do you want to do you want to pick pick a picture out of that, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Man, there's so many pictures there. Um, so you got sure, go, go, you want to go back, go back to the music? Because we did we touched upon that, but we didn't say like what you what you're working on now. So on music, on like. music, I am working on something crazy for you. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do. I'm working something crazy for you because I feel like you need a little and now another new upbeat, you know, especially something just coming into this kind of vibe weather we're going through. Um, so I want to kind of like give you a storm, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I am planning. I, I, that. Like, I like it. I like the theme. <laughs> I think it's when you when you did the first one. Um. So I am working on your on your track. Um. Huh? Yeah, when, when you played the first one, you just played the intro to me when you said, listen to this. Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> ah, exactly. Um, but the thing is with music, it's just so hard to find time um, because we're juggling life with with this, cancelling, spending time with the missus as we all should do. Um, you know, spending time with my daughter. Um, it is hard to get in the studio and actually just put my mind to it and uh, it is something that I'm conscious of, of and know that I need to be more focused in this because it's a passion it is something that I'm actually quite good at um I you know I've been doing music for a long time uh, I started one little college course back in London 2016 <laughs> uh and since then I kind of enjoyed music I used to be a rapper uh, I knew <laughs> I used to what love was rap. your rapper name? What was your rapper name? The same name as it is now, Pom. Okay. Uh, um, but I used to be a DJ called DJ Badger at one point. And I was actually quite a good DJ. I'd done like a lot of DJ mixes when I was really young up in Margate, when I used to live in a, in a, in a, in foster care in Margate. There was this under 18s club and they used to ask me to DJ there. And I used to like do some quite cool DJing. Um, I was really good. Um, so music's always kind of been in my blood, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, my parents loved music. They couldn't make music, but they, you know, my mom and my father really great dancers. And myself, I, I, I class myself as having two left feet. I can't dance to shit, <laughs> but I can make the music to make you dance. So yeah. Yeah. as long as I've got that vibe, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, and so it's always been a passion and something that I do to release emotion, you know, when I make music. And if, especially if I'm super in the zone, like when I'm super, super in the zone, 
I shut the door, you know, turn off all my phone, put on my speakers, put on my headphones, set the lighting, have a glass of, you know, Jack Daniels or whatever. And, and I'll just be in my mellow mood, you know, and I'll just vibe and I will be in there in the studio five, six hours, really getting into it. Um, and that's when I usually cook up some great stuff, you know what I mean? Um, when you just forget any interactions, no distractions, no nothing. And I will tell my missus, look, boom, I'm in the studio, please, like, leave me to it. I turn off my phone. Yeah. I'm getting that vibe, but I do need to get back into it, definitely. Um, we can also touch on, um, I do have a daughter. Um, she is now um, 15, going on 16 this year, you know. Um, so I had a very, you know, again, I had her when I was in my heydays of, of, uh, of a bad boy, we can say, I suppose. And um, so, you know, me and the mother, you know, met her when we were 13. And we did have a, a very good relationship um, for a while. And then uh, anyway, it went a bit sour. And all pretty much down to me and the lifestyle I was living. She, she didn't want my daughter to be in that world, I suppose. And I, I fully was aware of that. And I was like, all right, fine, let's, you know, let's split up and, you know, but then she became very sour and was like, okay, you can't see your daughter and blah, blah, blah. And we had all of that drama. But um, I am 100% by my daughter's side. I always try to do the best by her, and, you know. And as a young parent at the time, it's like you don't really know how your actions are going to play, I suppose you know, yeah. in your daughter's mind or life. And um, so, yeah, there were, there, you know, there's doubts. There's there's things that I sit there and go, well, I should have done that better and I should have done that better and blah, 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 blah. But as one always says, you cannot change the past. You know what I mean? You can only change the future. Um, so, and the biggest thing that, again, I learned in prison was um, fuck the past. You can't do nothing about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's done and dusted. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, people are yeah, going to... You, you can't forget it, but you've got to learn from it. And use it as, 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 as Exactly. You just use it as a learning curve and just move on. Because, you know, there's people like me at the time was always talking about, oh, you know, my stepdad abused me. My, my mom was a druggie and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, that's then, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? That's then, yeah, it is gave me a mental scar. But... And, and why do I need to blame everything to do with that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was the path I was in before just blaming everything. Okay, I'm a drug dealer because of them. You know, I beat up these people because of them. And, you know, I fucked up my life because of them. You know, I'm not there with my daughter because of them. And everything was their excuse because of them. You know what I mean? And once I learned to be like, actually, no, it's because of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so... Uh, the common denominator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But but once you got that in your mindset, you start to un actually understand that okay, you know how to like change your ways. Um, last thing I could probably talk about is well, I was gonna I was gonna mention something, obviously because we've got children at a, a similar age. Yeah, we speak, we speak about our children are. Let's say our relationships with them, and I think we have the sim similar sort of him him sheet with regards to. The young people now, obviously, we grew up in a certain era. Era, they're growing up in a certain era now. 
and when we met, you were talking about your work with the Amy Winehouse Foundation. Yeah. I think that's what what intrigued me to speak to you and, and invite you to the Black Print because I was aiming to speak with young, young people and then bring, invite people along that didn't have a uh, say the, the linear educational route. And obviously then I found out a lot more about you. And it was like, as I said, for the three hours, it was like me watching a movie. You talk, we were engaged and we were talking. I think the more you come out, we're like, wow, I want to know more. I want to know more. And I edge of your seat stuff. So well, definitely, I think the Amy Winehouse Foundation, um, that was what, 2012, 2012. So it, Amy Winehouse died, God bless her soul. And um, your father, Mitch Winehouse, and Jane Winehouse made a foundation called the Amy Winehouse Foundation. Um, and basically it was, it was a foundation to help young people off the streets uh, and kind of get into music as well. So um, we, we're going, we actually used to use Amy, Amy's studio personal studio and we have the young kids coming in and making music and producing and writing and you know getting the story out and blah 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 blah. Um, and um, I worked with them for a year alongside doing the totally opposite of what I'm preaching about. What was <laughs> kind of mad I suppose but like I said this shows you that I've always had some part of good in me, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I didn't want all these people to go down the wrong path, you know, even though a lot of people might say, okay, that was a hypocritical move. But at the same time, it wasn't hypocritical if I am just saying opinion of do not be a part of this life. And trying to provide value into a space. You weren't, you weren't extracting value, you are providing value. Exactly, you know. Um, so I knew I wasn't really talking about being a drug dealer i was more about if you've got emotional problems you know you need to find people you can chat with um if you're you know you've got people in gangs or whatever you know you need to move away from that you don't want to be a part of that life you don't want to be in jail but bam lose your life over something petty you know what i mean over a postcode war or over some stupid guy slept with your girl whatever and you accidentally stab well you know you go out of rage and stab somebody and die and whatever not i have a friend i won't mention his name um who uh had a girlfriend blah 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 there was in a club and they were chilling uh, and one guy was keeping looking at his girl and my friend basically said to the guy can you stop like you know looking at his girl and then he went to it and then one of these other boys friends started to chat to his girl and he came out and was like look can you just leave my girl anyway got into a little fight whatever and these two boys jumped out and they jumped on a moped and my friend had a mustang a mustang Ford mustang and when the past the mustang they smashed the the wind mirror and then out of rage my man jumped in a car and chased him and knocked them over one of them instantly died um and uh, so this is kind of, I don't think I've even told you this story. No, um, you know, this boy was not nothing like us, all right? It was nothing like us. And I mean us as in, he wasn't a street kid. He wasn't in gangs. He had a flipping 
great opportunity. So he, you know, he done an um, apprentice in like Formula One um, building cars and whatever. Not. Mm. And um, like I told you, my man's in a Ford Mustang. He was only 21 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a um, man doing great things for his life. He was on 75 grand a year working in the, the shard in the shard in london in his own office doing um electrical whatever it was and he was making really good money he had a fucking good life and all of us as youngsters like you know bradley was the one that always wanted to be like a bad boy but he has everything he was you know he was in a good place and from that two minutes of anger has now put him on a life sentence um, and they're not going to review his parole until 22 years. And reason for that is because when he ran him over, he jumped out of his car and started beating up the guy who was really dead. Um, and this is why I'm not mentioning any names or anything like that. It's just quite sensitive. But at the same time, it is the thing that a lot of people need to understand is that one moment of mm. madness that can really corrupt your whole life. You know what I mean? And you know, my man is sitting there in 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 prison, thinking, "What what the fuck happened? What the fuck?" You know what I mean? And he has to sit twenty two yeah. years before he even gets parole, bro. So my man's probably going to be in there for a good twenty five, maybe thirty years, depending on how they look at it. For what? Uh, for, for a broken wing mirror and a bit of hurt pride because someone was talking to his missus. Exactly, and that is you know the kind of shock. Yeah of life and how quick something can escalate and and be one minute you're you're driving your mustang chilling with your girl having a great job to next me you have nothing yeah again it's, it it's easy you know to I mean? say it's easy to say looking back in hindsight obviously in that moment but i always brought up my mom always said to me a second of fun can ruin your whole life and i i still hold that to this day i say it to my son and of course that wasn't fun but again you said a second of madness a moment of madness a moment of fun it's, you just have to think about what you're doing and where, where you have to have forethought. Where can this end up? Well, if I do this right now, what's, what's the worst that can happen? And then you've got to make a judgment call. He may have made a judgment call for, do you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm doing it. But then you have to live with a consequence, which... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and my man tried to... He tried to bullshit his story quite funnily. Like, oh, no, you know, he was driving, the car slipped and blah, blah, blah. It was, a, it was quite dumb, but the thing was a lot of uh, onlookers were there and pretty much saw everything you know what i mean yeah my man that's it adrian first of all thank you for your time but yeah just your honesty thank you so much for your honesty like obviously i knew your story bits of your story you delivered some stuff that i didn't know but again there was no forcing you 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 were open to give it so again thank you for that i'm, I'm hoping the list no not hoping i know the listeners will get something out of this um, so yeah, thank, thank you so much, mate. <laughs> appreciate. Uh, no, no worries, no worries. Um, I appreciate it, and you know we should definitely go in for a round two. Yeah, um, and we can get and into. Definitely, we need to do something together with regards to helping the community and young people. Most definitely, most definitely, and I think that we should do that. And uh, you know, let's get let's get together and let's brainstorm some ideas. And if you need me, man, I'm here. Okay. And I'm hoping I have your your new beat, so everyone <laughs> listening. Yeah, you know, we'll be ready ready for when this goes out on the outro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, man. Before before we go, the the question I ask everybody: um, you have a time machine and you go back to the school gates. Well, I say school gates, but 
and you left school at 16, but you might not have been there. So you'd be looking around. <laughs> Where's Adrian? But you get you get a time machine and you find your 16-year-old self, wherever you may be. What bit of advice would you give yourself? Um at 16, that was probably a, a good time of my life, actually. Um I think I, if I was 16 again and I could do my life over again, is hold hold my own responsibilities and don't blame my past experiences to mold me into who I am. Mm. And I think if I learned to be like, okay, that happened, let me build myself to be an amazing person or whatever at 16, 17. Um, I probably would definitely not in, been in the drug world. I probably would not have been this angry kid I was for many years. I probably wouldn't have like, you know, messed up relationships. I probably would have had my daughter a great life. What better life, you know what I mean? With both parents, et cetera, et cetera. So I would, and that was all because I holded the grudge and pain of my childhood that kind of structured me all the way up until pretty much 22 years old. Um, so if I was 16, I would have said, you know, leave that in the past, it's done, let's move on. Personal responsibility, I like it, I like it. Thank you, mate. If you hold on, we'll just do a quick debrief for the listeners, this will be the end, but again, thank you so much. And um, yeah, look out, look out for round two. Have a great day, mate, bye. Massive, massive props to Adrian and thanks to him again for sharing his story. Feeling like we only just scratched the surface, so pretty sure we'll have another conversation for you all in the future. Check out the show notes and follow Adrian on the social media to keep up to speed with everything he's doing. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow the Instagram page and share with friends and family. And finally, remember, variety is the spice of life.